This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Am I correct in that it is Friday morning? Is that uh, correct? Wow, you gotta get down on Friday. Live from Studio C. Say, senor. Dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And hey, everybody. As we head into the weekend, we're on the tutelage of our general manager. Melania's jacket. Melania's jacket yeah. is our general manager. Yeah, that's correct. Wow. Did I or did I not say people would mostly be discussing what she wore? Yes, I just... I, I can't believe you nailed it so perfectly, though. And and, and why. The why is amazing. The why the, is The whole amazing. thing is amazing. Our theme this morning is the world is getting so stupid. The world is stupid. Oh, is our theme. it's getting stupider. Welcome to a stupid, stupid world. Oh, please. It's the only one you got, you realize. For now, until the Space Force takes uh, takes effect. That's right. Then it's off to Pluto. Let now. It's pretty easy to have some sort of belief that, you know, like, the, the, the normal people could all get together and start a new world on a different planet. Yeah. But that, of course. Just sneak off in the night. Of course. Not say where we're going. That, of course, ignores human nature. Um, let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles. He pulls levers now and then. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing okay. I'm blind this morning is what I am. I, I think I left my reading glasses in here yesterday mm-hmm. in the case, and uh, they're gone now. So somebody probably thought they were sunglasses or something. And, and well, stole them? Then they've got, a heck of a, they've got a heck of a headache then. Yeah. So I'll be squinting and have to go get myself some new glasses. Yeah, I realized yesterday I'm doing something. I told my wife, I said, at this point, I am actually helpless if I don't have some reading glasses around. If wow. I were if I were in a, an emergency situation <laughs> without them, I'd just have to just have to lay down and let the uh, <laughs> the barbarians overtake me or something. Wow. Well, I'm just, just irritated that they're missing. I mean, you know, man, I'm lucky. I, it's because I'm so immature. And I don't need reading glasses. It's great, though. I feel like I have a superpower. Yeah. I'll read the menu for you, honey. Step back. <laughs> <laughs> so you might hear some interesting sounds, you know, today. If I don't know what I'm hitting, I'll just, you know. There you go. Yeah, fine. I'm Jack over here, by the way. I'm waving my hand. I'm wearing a light-colored shirt. If you see a light-colored blur, that's me. Yeah. There's, just make some sort of blur so I know we can there's go There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Turn the mic on. Doing very well. I uh, I was watching the NBA draft yesterday, and an interesting side story happened. Now, the TV show that is the NBA draft that these uh, networks pay a lot of money to air in order to get eyeballs on them has struggled in recent years because as TV across the board struggles to compete with the internet, the picks were spoiled on Twitter the full several, you know, two, three, four minutes before they would have even be shown on TV. 
This year, the NBA reached out to its televised partner, tried to get a unified front of basketball reporters. Hey, don't spoil picks. Let them be revealed on the TV. Well, this What a dumb thing to do anyway. Hey, I have the information two minutes before you're going to find out, so I tweeted out. Whoop-dee-doo. Well, this lasted about two picks until one person broke ranks, and then all hell broke loose, and every every tweeter began just spoiling as they normally did. But one of them is now with ESPN, an official partner. You might need the gong for this. An official partner with the NBA. And so he was using loopholes to not officially say who was going to pick it. He would say things like, the Sixers are enamored with. Boston is tantalized by. Portland has a laser on. Uh, Sixers are targeting. Spurs are fixated. Washington is locked on. Phoenix is determined. All right, we get it. The Lakers are unlikely to resist. (laughs) All right, it was worth one more. That's a good one. Very good. This is why we can't have nice shows. Yeah, yeah, it is. That that whole rush to be first thing. Well, it's it's bad with real news. It's dumb with non-real news. I was kind of interested in the draft, and I'm not going to watch it. I'll read read about it later. Right. Utah has no plans to pass on. There's Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I got to tell you, I'm sore once again today. I had a vigorous push-up workout yesterday, up to four in a row. You know, June is dang near over. <laughs> you were going to do ten push-ups by the end of June, and we're running out of June here. Wait a minute. Yeah, ten in a row by the end of the month. That's a couple of months away, though, isn't it? The end of the month? A couple yeah. of months away? <laughs> are How many months right? are in a month? We're, we're nine days. Oh, Oh, uh, well, it's coming up quickly, isn't yes, it, my it friends? Is. Yes, all right. The end of the month is a couple of months away. Are you okay? No, you said a couple of months away. No, you said a couple of months away. Oh, my. Yes. It was that vigorous workout yesterday. There you go. <laughs> you know? So are you going to be doing push-ups next week at some point? Or? At some point, I uh-huh. certainly am. Fantastic. So we'll uh, Facebook Live that whole thing. Wow. Mm-hmm. There you go. Speaking of really exciting television. Finally, his 10 push-ups, <laughs> and he will put us in his place. RPSPN doesn't reveal you know the answer. Right. The uh, number of push-ups. <laughs> exactly. He didn't make it. Ahead of time. Hey, spoiler. <laughs> hey, we should let you know ahead of time, a favorite of the show, Charles Krauthammer, died yesterday. He's a columnist and uh, TV pundit. He was a public intellectual is what he is, which is what I would like to be, but I'm held, dream job. held back by the obvious limitations. Hmm. Um, but uh, we interviewed Charles Krauthammer a number of times over the years, and we're going to replay the last time we interviewed him later in the show, about 8.04, I think. And it's it's dang entertaining, dang interesting. Yeah. Whether you yeah. know his act or not. Yeah. Boy, I you know, I was uh, tweeted out last night. Or I guess, uh, no, you and I were texting. Um, I, I'm, I'm more broken up by it than I expected to be. I just, I loved his thinking and his humor and his courage and everything so much. It's just such a drag. He's, I don't get to hear him anymore. Yeah. Well, I just, I feel cheated. We'll talk about that more later, I suppose. It is a drag. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll rerun that interview in a couple hours. So it's good stuff. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. Uh, what's I'm that? Sorry, Joe I'm, Getty. I'm what? How does how is that spelled? <laughs> He's Joe Getty. Did I say Jew? Jew Gruley. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Jew Gruley. <laughs> Got a new alias uh, for checking into hotels. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it. Jew Gruley? Or getting his, his double latte at Starbucks. Jew Gruley? Did you get a Jew? Vente? Jew! <laughs> June the 22nd, the year 2018. We're setting you straight in 2018. We're Armstrong and getting we approve of this program. All right, then. Let's begin officially according to FCC rules and regulations. There are only two months till the end of the show. So let's go at Mark. Also, uh, the Attorney General catching... Apparently catching the president's sickness, this sort of lying disease to lie to With the American Lyme people. Disease? Not what? Lyme disease. Not Lyme lying. disease. There you go. 
Joe, Joe Gurley has Lyme disease, is the story. Wow. Uh, what are our headlines, Marshall Phillips? Well, scramble for reunification as immigration enforcement collapses in chaos. We've got the first ladies. <clears throat> Excuse me. All those push-ups. You sound healthy. First ladies fashion firestorm and the possible connection between Alzheimer's and herpes. Stories coming up minutes from now. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Great. Super. That's a nice combo. <laughs> the old Alzheimer's STD twofer. Yikes. Um, uh, yeah, Melania's jacket is an interesting yeah. story, so we'll have to get into that. How does mailbag look over oh, there? Oh, it's fine and dandy. Plus, we have clips of the week coming up in a moment or two. I myself am looking forward to hearing the Charles Krauthammer interview again. So Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, we'll talk some about him and his life. Among other things, coming up this morning on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. John Oliver has been banned in China. John Oliver, China. formerly of The Daily Show, now has his own, has his own show. Uh, last week tonight was blasting the Chinese, and Chinese got wind of it, and now he, you can't, if you Google him, you don't come up with anything in China. Wow. You don't get any web results. Persona non grata. He's been banned. If you try to post something to social media with the name John Oliver, that post gets an error message and will not post. Plus, you probably lose points in that whole weird China scorekeeping system they have there. Are you a good citizen or not? Mm, right. The social credit score, they call it. Right. Well, when President Trump solidifies his power, he'll be banned in the United States, too. Right. Huh? He's just like Hitler. Well, anyway. Uh, Michael, uh, we'll, we'll do mailbag in a moment or two. All right? Right now, it's time to take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. Um, I don't think it's my job to prove the bias impacted the investigation. I think it's his job to prove that it did not. To immediately begin the process necessary to establish a space force. (laughs) It's turned into, you know, basically a red light district, um, a homeless camp, an open air drug market. I read today about a 10-year-old girl with Down syndrome who was taken from her mother and put in a cage. I read about... How dare you? Here is a complete disc jockey show with all the modern pace of today's exciting radio. There you go. That's a slim cow. Is it okay? Is it unhealthy? Thought it was skinny. Mailbag. I thought it was tasty. It was delicious. I like a big cut of meat. Fatty. Do you go marbled. for the bigger steak as opposed to the, like, you don't want the expensive six ounce. You no. want the oh, no, no, no. expensive 18 ounce. Big old T-bone, please. 
Yeah. It's always a tough call. I don't like the uh, the filet either. You got to wrap it with bacon to give it any taste. I, don't, I never yeah. have enjoyed it. It's the most expensive steak on the menu, and that's never been my favorite. Yeah, give me the New York, please. Or, yeah. You know, if I'm really hungry, the T-bone. But I'm a prime rib guy. Since I've gone Mediterranean, oh, that's a fine choice. Fine choice. Since I've gone Mediterranean, I, I can't eat that much red meat. It's weird. Your body changes. I can't stop eating red meat. Well, that's there you go. And that's no plan the balance to. that keeps the, the earth turning or something. Mailbag, right? We already did that. <laughs> sad you can't take your children to jail with you, writes Eric. Very sad you can't take your children with you to prison in the United States. Too bad those illegal immigrants aren't sneaking into China, Russia, North Korea, or anywhere in the Middle East. They'd get to take their whole family with them to prison and be executed together. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, I said, wah, wah. Womp, womp. <laughs> womp, womp. Eric, did you just sad trombone people getting executed in, in the Middle East? How dare you, Eric? How dare you? How dare you? Hey, we're going to have an argument between Jeff Sessions and that guy. I demand that be produced. Please. Uh, Let's see. Then uh, that's obviously an attempt at sarcastic humor. This is a more sincerely (laughs) written email. I said something to my son yesterday, and he said, sarcasm. (laughs) (laughs) Good boy. Good boy. (laughs) Oh, uh, we got a nice note from Pete from Chicago. We already have a national show. A uh, fellow University of Illinois graduate who says we almost uh, caused him to get seriously injured while lifting weights. Um, Almost blew up my knee mid-squat when you two went back and forth on the fake crying immigrant child Lawrence O'Donnell, Democrats comparing Trump's border policy to Nazi Germany and the definition of a cage and to stop working out for a few minutes. Uh, but I was laughing a bit, so uh, there you have it. How much could you... Sh- oh, Lawrence O'Donnell. Lawrence O'Donnell. Quite a fellow, that Lawrence O'Donnell. This f***ing stupid hammering. <laughs> All right, everybody, let's try to pay attention to the show. How here. much could you squat right now? I have no idea. I never... I haven't squatted. <laughs> I mean, like, the weightlifting thing mm-hmm. since high school. I have no idea. I, I was thinking I should, though. I remember I, I told this story before. So one time I'm working out at the gym. And if the gym is busy, this was in Lawrence, Kansas, when I was at the University of Kansas. Um, briefly pursuing an MBA, then deciding I'm not cut out for this. And they aren't cut out for me. Um, but uh, <laughs> So I'm at the gym, and uh, I'm squatting, and this guy works in with me. And he is uh, he's a much stronger gentleman than I was, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to wuss out. Right. And, like, you don't, you know, you, you hate to have to do the whole... Got to change the weights over to much less for the other guy as we switch back and forth. Yeah, it's a little uncomfortable. So I tried to do what he was doing, and I, and I kept up. But then when I was done, my legs were so rubbery, <laughs> I could barely walk. And then I got out to my car, which it was a, a five-speed, and had a clutch in it. I couldn't push in the clutch. Wow. My legs were so rubbery. So I had to sit in the parking lot for like a half an hour wow. before I got enough strength back to wow. drive my car home. Wow. Just because I didn't want to wuss out on the guy. Overdoing it. Yeah. Mm. God, Hilarious. I'll never forget how my legs felt. They were just like this. Fine. <laughs> he's, he's doing his rubber walk, folks. I was like the uh, <coughs> the scarecrow in Wizard of Oz. So a couple of sincere and well-written emails, uh, one somewhat critical. But this one, uh, illegal immigration is a humanitarian disaster. Here's uh, John in Iowa. We already have a Midwestern show, apparently. Uh, dear Jacques Jo and Positive Sean's Cat, it really irks me that people can be so easily moved to tears by the sound of a crying child in a detention center. It still remains so oblivious to the horrors inflicted upon these very same children 
by the practice of illegal immigration itself. If we were to scrap the current system and choose a new policy, would we either A, grant amnesty to as many families as possible and give these people safe passage and a path to citizenship, or B, turn them down and do everything in our power to dissuade them from attempting to break in? We would never willingly choose run the gauntlet of drug gangs, bandits, federales, any of whom will rob, rape, or murder you under the guidance of coyotes who may leave you in a locked tanker car to die in the desert or then kidnap you once you get here. Uh, in the hopes of sneaking you in. Then if you somehow survive this, you'll live under the perpetual threat of deportation, will be persecuted and exploited as a second-class human in America for the rest of your days, or at least until we decide to start to stop looking the other way. We would never choose to inflict that upon them because it's deep breath, effing cruel and savage and barbaric. Yet it's exactly what we are doing and have been doing to these people for decades. The entire process is a humanitarian nightmare, and it needs to stop. K-H-O-T-P, keep hating on them pandas. <laughs> John in Iowa. I, yeah, uh, unless you're an open that, that border. That is really well written. Some people are open borders and they want everybody to be able to come in and be your citizens. And I think you're honest to God. Insane. Yeah. I, yeah, I say this a lot, but honest to God on that topic, I think you're actually a moron. I think you're actually a moron. <laughs> or you lack the, well, yeah, a moron. You lack the capacity but, for rational thought. Um, but on the, oh. on, on the politically, we want as much illegal immigration as possible because eventually they'll become citizens and then they'll vote for us standpoint. That's an incredibly racist way to go about it because the whole point the reason the wall street journal crowd wants these people to come in is because you can pay them less you can treat them worse they're great workers and they lower wages overall you can do whatever you want because they're what are they going to do who are they going to complain to right so it's a very racist policy to, to decide we're going to have a brown underclass that we can treat poorly right um but it's good for us politically on either side well and nancy pelosi loves having a brown underclass do you hear that do you understand that she, really? She's desperate to have that continue because it's it's cheap labor again. It uh, Sooner or later, there will be a path to citizenship, and she's grooming all these people to vote Democrat, those who don't vote illegally. So, again, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer are firmly in favor of a brown underclass to exploit. Think about that for a while. Wake the hell up. And uh, unfortunately, John says, I've decided to stop listening to your show because you're too supportive of Trump and too critical. Jew Gruley, hard on Trump. <clears throat> Let's see. And uh, then a nice note from Bob. Um, he's uh, listened almost every day since we started on the mighty KGO 810, the San Francisco Bay Area of California. Thank you very much. Um, I've read almost every book you've mentioned, uh, your different perspectives Moby on political Dick. issues. That's That's the one we mentioned, yeah. All the time has made me more aware of both sides are doing, and as a libertarian, I thank you. Uh, however, I find it concerning that I've heard more coverage from you guys about two to four FBI agent miscues than why our president isn't doing a damn thing to protect our elections. It's as though Trump wishes, uh, well, it, we don't have time to read the whole thing, but he seems, uh, Bob, you seem to be under the impression that the Russians were actually messing with the electoral system. And they have tried, but what they're really trying to do is screw with our society. There's no doubt, though, that dr- Trump downplays the the uh, um, the extent to which the Russians effed with our election. Right. And, uh, right. and, and providing resources to do something about it. And will it. continue to do so. Bob, it's a good point. I, I don't know why you have to juxtapose that against the FBI thing, because that affects everybody. But yeah, the, the weird man crush on Putin thing, it's mystifying to me. Marshall's News coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Joe has 
have some bonus mailbag before I hit you with some very interesting breaking news. Really? Yes. Well, well I just, just no. I'll do this later. Okay. I just I I'm not going to stand. This is merely a lighthearted whimsy. So the Hill has just tweeted out. A, what the hell? A picture of Tom Arnold. Yes, that one. Roseanne yeah. Barr's ex-husband. Yes. Friend of Arnold Schwarzenegger. That Tom yes, Arnold. Yes, Tom Arnold. Uh-huh. Standing with Michael Cohen. Says who? Trump's old lawyer. Says who? Says Tom Arnold. I already told you that. And The Hill is reporting that Tom Arnold. I I could. You could give me 500 <laughs> guesses. As to how this sentence is going to end. And I can't imagine. <laughs> I know. Really. This is not a joke. Really. This is coming from the Hill. Uh, and they fought is... to the death. They're launching a sitcom. They're both nude from the waist down. I have no idea how this is going to end. This is very exciting. The Hill is an, in theory, bipartisan D.C. Uh, news organization. Yeah. Covers, uh, covers D.C. Capitol Hill. Tom Arnold and Michael Cohen are teaming together to bring Trump down. According to the Hill, when I first saw that, I thought, what does that mean? Sean reminded me, though. That very early on in the campaign, Tom did a, uh, was doing some interviews on talk shows and said there were... St- there was cutting room floor footage from the apprentice that would have sunk him, and the oh, and the assumption yeah. was he, oh. he was just dropping n bombs, right? Like that oh. was, that's kind of that's what the the, the swirling yeah, winds are saying, maybe. But it's uh, I'm sure it's something loathsome, right? Wow, and Tom Arnold, who is still uh, affectionate toward his ex, he was on Celebrity Apprentice. That's why Tom Arnold knows this, stuff. right? I don't think they're that affectionate no, towards okay. his ex. No, oh Dur- that part, yeah. During, oh, yeah, during never the, mind. It's, the f- it's irrelevant. Yeah. But during, anyway, okay. Um. Wow. Wow. So, who would have that tape? NBC? I don't know. They hate Trump. Why haven't they unleashed it already? Why is Tom Arnold getting together with Cohen? Why is Cohen getting together with Tom Arnold? Good question. Yeah. Anyway. Says who? This could be... Says Tom Arnold. This could be another interesting article. I've already told you that. In the presidency of the United States that has something to do with Tom Arnold. (laughs) And your question is? Is it true? Says who? Which polls? <laughs> what? Polls. I already, okay. oh, what polls? I already told oh, you. All of them? Uh, okay. Uh, let's Thank get, you so much to Tom Arnold. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, immigration enforcement on the U.S.-Mexico border is chaotic, to say the least, after President Trump's reversal of a policy separating immigrant children from parents. We've got a senior Trump official saying that about 500 of the more than 2,300 children separated from their families at the border have now been reunited. Other parents are saying they have no idea where their children are or how they are going to actually find them again. Meanwhile, you got the military moving forward with plans to house 20,000 illegals at four military bases in Texas and Arkansas, though the officials are giving different accounts as to whether the beds would be for children or for entire families. We're going to talk to a Republican congressman about this in about uh, 20 minutes or so. Uh, the, the whole, there, there's all kinds of stuff. The voting yesterday on the various immigration bills, the votes that didn't happen, yep. this deal with the military housing. 20,000 children on a military base? That's that, that doesn't sound like bad PR at all. So this really reminds me of like the travel ban. Where uh, Trump would all of a sudden say we're doing it, and then he would say we're not doing it, and we're doing it this way, and everybody'd be scrambling around trying to figure right. out what it means and how to implement it, and arguing feverishly about yeah. it. <laughs> Something else to note in an email to the Associated Press, Maureen Scott Franco, she's the federal public defender for the Western District of Texas, says that officials will quote no longer bring criminal charges 
against a parent or parents entering the United States if they have their child with them. So well, that you is have just played. made it incredibly important that the coyotes, the human smugglers, and the cartels you know, grab lots of children and have people hook up with rented children and whatever. It's, it's uh, this is just it's so frustrating, it's so maddening. This is one of the reasons Trump won. You have both parties sending the message, come on in, come on in, come on in, simultaneously yelling at y'all to get you to the polls that, oh, we're going to put a stop to this. Or, or we care, we care so much about Hispanic people, right. and they're all liars. And so, you know, I want to say, look, yeah, you're going to get separated from your kid if you sneak into a country, because we, we can't keep them with you because you're getting arrested. It's self-evident. It's obvious. Who could be against uh, uh, that policy. It's just, it's obvious. But the great flaw in my outrage is that both political parties are sending the message loud and clear, come on in. Meanwhile, you got First Lady Melania Trump, who flew to the U.S. border with Mexico yesterday, visiting an immigrant children's shelter. But one of Which her... is really a nice gesture and some Very really nice. smart PR. Well done, Melania. What were you saying, Marshall? Well, one of her wardrobe choices, though, has managed to cause a big stir. When she boarded her plane and when she arrived home, she was wearing a jacket emblazoned with the words, I really don't care, do you, on the back of the jacket. So when I saw that, it took me like several clicks and, and, and Googling to figure out, is this a joke? Did somebody superimpose this on her coat? Why would you wear a coat that says, well, really anything, let alone that? It, I mean, it is an astounding level of tone deafness, stupidity, or sending a message? To whom? And what's the message? It's just, it's incomprehensible she would throw on that jacket. Oh, I see. Uh, Madam First Lady, I see you're wearing your... I don't care uh, uh, jacket, and you're going down to the border to show how much you care. So, is so that a- do you have another jacket? Nobody said that. But so is that a fashion line? Uh, that, yeah, uh, it's like a seventy-eight dollar. Uh, you know, I can't remember J. Crew jacket or something that like says that. I don't care. I don't. Uh, what is? What's the full wording? I really don't care. Do you? Yes. Question mark. And it's just a thing. It's just a fashion. Thing. Yeah. It's just a whimsical. Like I, in the eighties, I had a T-shirt that said "bum." I wasn't in yeah. favor of hobos or, or Fonzie I, for president. I myself wasn't a hobo. It's just what was popular at the time. So, but she doesn't have. Well, first of all, how does she wear that and not get it? She doesn't have a chief of staff or anything like that that says I'm pretty sure that's a bad idea. In any context, for you to show up anywhere. Because if she just went out to eat in that jacket, it would be a thing. Right. Let alone show up to the border when you're trying to fix your husband's policy who has just recently decided this is bad PR. I mean, how does this happen? And and listen, listen, I, I hear some of you Trump fans blood boiling. Nothing a first lady does matters. We're the we're the biggest who cares about the first lady show in the history of America. Any first lady. I don't even like the term. It's the president's wife. <laughs> On the other hand, to, to do something that mind-bogglingly dumb, it's just it, it's more about humankind than the presidency I or think border. It's, yeah. I think it speaks policy. to something. I don't. I can't believe it was unintentional. The competency of the White House or something. I mean, just you. So you think it might have been intentional? I don't. Well, it 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 boggles the mind that it was unintentional and not caught. Is well, it similar to? 
Trump playing you can't always get what you want at the end of every rally? Well, that, well, that's a deliberate, obvious message. Right. That, to me, I mean... To who? <laughs> to the country, the media, everybody. Mm. All right, Melania's spokeswoman denied after this all blew up that there was any hidden message at all. But her husband, the president, declared on Twitter that it was a shot at the fake news media. Taken to Twitter, the president said, I really don't care. Do you? Written on the back of Melania's jacket refers to the fake news media. Melania has learned how dishonest they are, and she no longer cares. Well, I I don't believe that's why she wore the jacket, but if she did, I kind of get it. No, that's still stupid. It's a stupid idea. So that was like in quotes, and that's the words of the media who really don't care. Nobody would look... You're putting those words in their mouth. Okay. Nobody would look... uh, Okay, so the knock for a couple days was Donald Trump doesn't care about these children. His wife shows up in a jacket that says, I don't care. Yes. And I'm supposed to assume it's about the media? I just, I, okay. don't I can't take this anymore. I don't know what the hell's going on If there. you're explaining, you're losing. Maybe Tom Arnold can straighten it out <laughs> for us. With the help of Michael Cohen. All right, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Squawky. Thank you so much to Tom Arnold. I've heard a bunch of smart people say Charles Krauthammer was one of the most important public intellectuals of a generation. Um, I, I suppose that's true. He certainly was to me. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about him as he died yesterday. We're going to re- rerun an interview we did with him years ago, sometime in the 8 o'clock hour. But we want to talk a little bit about him coming up. Um, I have one of his quotes about Donald Trump, which is pretty entertaining. <laughs> he was not a huge fan. No, no. No, he was not. But I'd say Charles Krauthammer is a real litmus test for what sort of human being you are. Mm. Having been scanning the interwebs this morning. Interesting. And I'm willing to divide humanity into two groups. Okay. One of them, one of which I want jailed. Okay. Stay tuned. And we got more information on the Tom Arnold story. Uh, You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience Of of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I don't know if you know who Charles Krauthammer is. If you listen to this show, you probably do, because we'd play clips from him now and then, and we interviewed him a number of times. But um, He was big in the cable news world, but if you're not into the whole cable news thing, I don't know. Do you read opinion pieces in the newspapers? I don't know. No, I'd imagine the fairly small percentage of America knows who he was. Right, probably. The public intellectual. Teat. Um, who uh, later in life was a conservative thinker. Find that whole th- clip, would you please? And he died yesterday of cancer, which sucks. Cancer sucks. Does everybody agree on that? I think we can all come together on that. Amen. <clears throat> cancer sucks. But he was a, um, a, a, a lefty well into life. Um, not just as a really young man, but well into life, he 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 worked on Walter Mondale's presidential campaign, and then worked for uh, the Carter administration. And then <clears throat> life convinced him to go the other direction politically, as happens to a fair number of people. But then he started writing. He he was a a, a, a 
guy who went to college at age 16, one of those people, yep. um, then, well, to study medicine and uh, went to Oxford and Harvard. Became a psychiatrist. To become um, a psychiatrist, of all things. And, and you know, I'm not going to get to the obvious biographical point for a moment or two, because that's the way Charles would prefer it. But he wrote with great clarity and eloquence and humor and mercy. He was he was a, a real human being, never never angry that you disagreed with him, really believed in the power of reason and the capacity of people to think things through and and understand as opposed to yelling at each other. He would just he would not engage in that sort of thing. He was just a a really beautiful, gentle, brilliant guy who had a diving accident when he was in medical school in his very early 20s, broke his neck, severed his spine, was almost entirely paralyzed from the neck down, finished medical school on time in that state, and dismissed it as a bad break. He said it's the only bad break he really ever got. He's had a great life, and and he's just an incredibly courageous guy and a beautiful guy. So here's the interesting thing to me. I was trying to think about because I'm I'm really gonna on you know a completely selfish level miss um, the commentary for him because he helped me understand various issues. Always wanted you know if if a story broke like this immigration stuff this week, I would have loved to have known what he thought about that. Right, and he would willingly point out the errors of the right in dealing with this stuff. Uh, yeah, but I was I was wondering what what it is about some of your public intellectuals, some of your thinkers, that make them so much more compelling than others. I'm not exactly sure. I guess that's just true of all human beings. Where are some people more com- connection. Yeah, where I, are some people more compelling than others. It's like falling in love or making a friend, I think. He never talked in sort of a way that I didn't understand, which happens with a lot of public intellectuals. They hit you with a lot of jargon and, and names and information. You have no idea what they're talking about. Right, you never got the sense he was showing off. And he had, um, well, I think he dumbed everything down. He was super smart. Mm-hmm. Everybody that I've, I've watched over the last, well, he announced he was going to die a couple of weeks ago, so... People have been talking about him who knew him for a couple of weeks. Everybody says he was the smartest person they ever met. Mm-hmm. So he had to, not in a condescending way, but he had to understand he was dumbing things down to make his arguments persuasive, I assume. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, <clears throat> it, it, it's interesting that you can stand out without the jargon, without the uh, you know gazillion names and, and data points, and without the yelling. You can do it, apparently, because he did it. You don't have to yell to get attention. Right. As you said, he never he was never shouting at people, yet he got attention on cable news, which is not easy to do. Right, right. So, so I guess it's just the power of your argument. Yeah, maybe it was the fact that he was so incredibly smart and so completely unpretentious that it really appealed, and just reasonable. I tend to like reasonable people. Um, he's also a huge baseball fan. I mean, hardcore baseball fan, dog lover, etc. Just a beautiful guy, man. Yeah, There's another thing I was thinking about as I was watching a whole bunch of people talk about um, how nice he was to everyone. And uh, and at the same time, everybody saying he was the smartest person they ever met. Because I've, I've always believed this. A lot of smart people are mean to everybody. And other people say he didn't suffer fools, which I've always thought is a fancy code for you're an a-hole. <laughs> I don't care whether you're smart or not. There's an example of somebody who is smarter than everyone else in the room all the time, but apparently was never had any trouble suffering fools, using my finger quotes, 
being mean to people around him just because he was smarter than everybody. He was nice to everyone, according to them, which I think is really interesting. Because, mm. you 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 know, you got to take life on with a certain attitude to do that. Right, yeah. You know, just that could be, uh, you know, according to all accounts, he always had a very sunshiny personality, and not mm. everybody's born like that, as you know. Um, but it's something to aspire to, certainly. But, yeah, I just selfishly, I feel like I got cheated. I wanted to hear him say and write a lot more. Cancer sucks, man. Cancer sucks. It's just the freaking worst. So his book, Things That Matter, is out there. If you want a collection of his thoughts and works, it's a collection of his columns. Um, it's actually it's really called, and I thought it was things. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it is Things That Matter. Yeah. Uh, and I've got the book in my hand. Um, and we're going to replay. Did you think it was called I Don't Really Care, Do You? Yeah, I thought that's what he called it. Because <laughs> he always wore that jacket that right. said that. That was his trademark. Um, we're going to replay our interview with him in the 8 o'clock hour, the most recent interview he did, which was several years back, unfortunately. Um, it was just a couple, wasn't it? Pretty interesting. The book came out in 2013. Jeez Louise. I hate the way time flies by. Yeah, it happens when you get Hate over. it. Hate it. We did get a number of texts of, why does this guy die from cancer when this person's still alive? I mean, that's Quite just, a few examples that's, worth mentioning, yes. That, that's part of the one of the great mysteries of life, is it not? Oh, man. Well, but if you're, if you're into Charles Krauthammer, we will play that interview in about an hour or so. Cherish those you love, because nothing lasts forever. There's your takeaway. No doubt. Uh, we're going to talk to Republican Congressman Tom McClintock about the immigration thing, where we are now, what they did and didn't vote on yesterday. Plus, women in Saudi Arabia will be allowed to drive starting Sunday. Saudi Arabia, it's not too late. Maybe tap the brakes on that. <laughs> there will be repercussions. <laughs> See, that's a joke. That's humor. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. To live off the teat of the giant state. Teat of the giant state.